following message is being transmitted at the request of the Boundless Pod Trap Movie Review and the guys of the BPT. What you are about to hear contains spoilers to movies. If you don't want to hear these spoilers, please disengage your listening device at this time. If you can't handle those with a possible differing view on a movie, you may also want to disengage your listening device at this time. Stay tuned for a movie review that only the guys at the Boundless Pod Trap can give you. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello, everybody. You're listening to the BPT Movie Review, Episode 5. I'm joined, as always, with Justin Mulani. Mulani? Mulani. Why do you say Mulani? It's the cow, cow version of it's me. Milani. M- Justin. Milani. Milani. You gotta say it with your hands or else I can't hear you. And say it with your hands. Mulani. What are you saying? Mulani. Mulani. Milani. 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 No, Capiche. Milani. Capiche. Oh, and Milani. Hey. <laughs> he is Lonnie. Me, Milani. Milani. So you say Justin, me, and Lonnie. So it's all me. Oh, <laughs> you're stupid. Get out. Okay, bye. Fired right. from that podcast. Well, Episode five now. Well, boys, yeah. Four now. This, this is five. Shit. The time just flies. We started this like. Two and a half months ago, somehow. Doesn't already. feel like it. We were just talking about Pulp Fiction, and now here we are tonight talking about Naughty Nurses. <laughs> <laughs> Volume hey, three. I've watched that movie 13 times in the last couple days. I've just watched for the this first review. three minutes of Naughty Nurses <laughs> 15 times this week. Um, That's all you need. That's <laughs> What are, you, are we talking about tonight? We are actually talking about, this is my pick tonight, a movie that had big effect on me the first time I watched it not knowing what to expect with it but we are going to be watching or watching we are going to be reviewing the 2006 that was it <laughs> go, go, go. I thought it was going to be something so cool but uh, <laughs> let's try it again we are watching the 2006 movie Alpha Dog. <laughs> man, uh, episode five, we're really getting the budget going. We are, man. I don't even know what to expect with that. Pew, pew, but yeah, uh, Alpha Dog, which is a movie written and directed by Nick Cassavetes. He also did John Q, The Notebook, which I think are compared to... I, I haven't seen The Notebook all the way through. But it's beautiful. It's quite, it's, the, it's quite different, I'm assuming, from what... Nothing happens Alpha at dog the end. Is, but I, I was going to say, it's just a movie about a guy who likes to doodle in a notebook. Yeah, and he goes to sleep at the end. It's per- pretty pretty disappointing. Oh, but everybody talks about it. Everybody references it. And I, I don't know. I think they're just talking about, what's his name? Ryan Gosling. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But anyways, this movie, Alpha Dog, oh, it, it, it's got such a big all-star cast. And this is just a small list of what I'm reading off. It, it has Bruce Willis, Justin Timberlake, Emil Hirsch, Sean Hattesey, Ben Foster, Anton Yelchin, Sharon Stone, Harry Dean Stanton, Olivia Wilde, just to name a few. You left out the most important person in the movie, Bernadette Perez. Oh. Whoops. My fault. Whoopsies. But uh, yeah, this movie... 
such a impactful movie and it's been a few years since I last watched it. Same. And when I watched it again, man, from start to finish that movie, I don't want to say it's, um, anxiety, but it kind of is anxiety to me. And just, you know, you have to keep in mind too, that this movie is just about young kids and it's not adults, but we'll get into that here. Uh, before we get into that, I'll only read you the synopsis here. Drug dealing delinquent Johnny True Love lives the high life in L.A., partying with his peers and getting a steady dope supply from his dad, Sonny. However, when a dangerous customer refuses to pay, Johnny and right-hand man Frankie kidnap the junkie's younger brother, intending to only keep the kid hidden and happy until they get the cash. These would-be gangsters find themselves in a lot of trouble when the police get involved. So let's go around the table here. We'll do our thing where we give the review, I guess, our rating, I guess, for it. Again, it's for new time listeners. A one means it was a terrible movie. Five means it was a good movie. It wasn't anything spectacular, but it wasn't terrible. And 10 means it was outrageously amazing. So we're going to go with Justin. What are you giving Alpha Dog? I actually, I guess I kind of did lie. I did watch this like a month or two ago, but... Since then, I haven't seen it since it came out. And I remember, again, associating Justin Timberlake, kind of going off of our last week's podcast about how I kind of hated him back then. And it's like, ah, it was just annoying to see him everywhere. All the kids bought magazines. It's like, that's not why I'm buying kids bought magazines. But (laughs) (laughs) sorry about that. Oh, I I was because you have daughters. I was of that age as well. So, okay. But yeah, like I, I gave it a chance back then. I remember I did like it for what it was, but it wasn't something that kind of I put it up there. But now, actually giving it the respect that it deserves, this so many years removed, knowing that it is based on a true story, embellished here and there, but for the most part, it sticks to what what it's supposed to be. I have to give it an eight point five. We're gonna do the point five, eight and a half right. stars. So as I said, this movie, the first time I watched it, didn't know what to expect. I just saw the the poster for it, just grabbed my attention and. It was just seeing the different actors, and I'm like, wow, all these actors are in this one movie. And I think it was the fact that Bruce Willis was in the cover and Justin Timberlake. I'm like, how are those two in a movie together? Watched it, not knowing anything really about the the inspiration behind it, the the true truish events. But I watched it, and this is like one of the only movies, few movies that the ending made me sick to my stomach it turned my stomach and for a movie to touch me in that way it, it it's incredible um and watching it again it it t- i it took me back and i think it gets better every time i watch it nothing it's there's no lagging in this movie so i am going to give it an 8.5 as well i was going to give it a 9 but there are a few things i don't like about it so 8.5 jesus yeah, talking about the cast in this film, uh, some of the names we didn't mention, Sharon Stone. I said Sharon Stone. Oh, did you say Sharon Stone? Yes. Oh, I missed that. I wasn't paying attention. Ben Foster. Um, I said him. David Thornton. Olivia Wilde. Said her. Uh, <laughs> Amber Heard. Amanda Seinfeld. Um, all these famous people, and they couldn't make a decent movie. I know you guys really appreciate this movie, but... I'm really going to break the hurt, break the the curve on this one. I gave it a 0.25 out of 10. Like I thought this movie was dog shit. 
No, it's wow. alpha dog. That's what it was. Like, uh, and That's only, harsh. And the Is only it 0. 0.25? 0.25, yeah. Jeez, and the only reason this movie got a 0.25 out of it was two parts. One, like I said, it had Bernadette Perez in it. And two, that last little scene with Frankie in it. That was the only decent acting in that whole movie. I thought the rest of it was amateurish. I didn't like it at all. See, and that's one of the points I was going to bring up is that I think this acting, what it was real. It, yeah, it, it, so it, it felt real. Like uh, it wasn't a scripted movie. Like I feel like all the the dialogue and the situations, that's how people talk in yeah. real life. Uh, These and, are the kids I was hanging out with, like always having to refuse. Like, I'm not into that. I'm not in. No, no, no. And I mean, like when they're getting, well, they're getting high majority of the movie, but when they're telling the one guy um, to suck his dick, you'd suck his dick if you, and how loud and obnoxious they are. I've been at a lot of parties where people are that loud and obnoxious. And that's like, that's fucking real. Yeah. And I'm not shitting on your opinion at all. Everybody is entitled to their opinion. We're going to shit on your opinion for the rest of the <laughs> Before we get into that, this is, as Justin said, it's based off of a true story about Nick Cassavetti's, his daughters went to school with a kid that was killed because of his brother's debt to a drug lord person or whatever. And so it, it touched it touched home with him, very close to home. And he had the idea to make the movie and he actually you know, went to the courts and the, the jails and he got like the files and everything. And he actually got to interview family members of the victims and stuff. And he said that those, the opening scene with like Bruce Willis and Sharon Stone and where they're interviewing him. He's like, those are the questions I had to ask. And they did set the story for what to prepare for. Mm-hmm. And I think for most viewers, it's that opening scene is going to go lost on most of it. Yeah. Yeah. And, but yeah, this was about uh, Jesse James Hollywood and then Ben Markowitz, he was owed he money to, to him, and they actually kidnapped his brother, Nicholas Markowitz, and they ended up killing him because, again, it's one of those things where you look at the cast, and I think most movies that, like, these kids aren't supposed to be in high school. I think they're they're, they're college they're age. They're about 16 to 20 years old, at yeah, least what it's right. supposed to appear. A, yeah, appear. And it... it I will say this is more believable than a lot of movies out there where the cast is supposed to be high school young kids and right. like like in Greece they're they look like they're in their thirties. <laughs> 30, 30 year old high Rizzo looks yeah. like she's in her sixties. Um, yeah, she's already had menopause. Yeah, that's there's no way I believe she was pregnant because she's <laughs> too old to have a baby. My but, uh, granddaughter's pregnant. But that's the one thing I think that some people lose in this is that these are just young kids and Another re- one of the reasons I gave it an eight point five is like I love Emil Hirsch, I think he did what he was supposed to with the part, but I just don't believe that he has the what's the word I'm looking for. I don't feel that he would be somebody in a that position. Yeah, in, yeah, yeah. He wouldn't have a like I know he was kind of living off of his father. Yeah. Uh, his dad seemed to be more made and the reason why like alpha dog is pretty much like the leader of the pack and johnny was supposed to be like the leader due to pretty much his financial and supply type of chain Mm -hmm. so he had the abilities to give and that's what all his friends were were there for they're mooching off of him so they pay him he pays his dad they have a successful business you know if they cut out the middleman they would have to go straight to his dad but that wouldn't work like that because it from the parents perspective it seemed like other than Zach's mom, 
Sonny, true love, was like the only parent who actually kind of gave a fuck what his kid was doing yeah. to an extent. But I just like with, with Emil, like, my, and, and, uh, granted, obviously, the whole point of this is like he's scared. And that's why he's making these bad calls. And, yeah, and for sure. In the end, that's he's why the he, biggest pussy in, out of everybody here. He is, but it's just like the people that surround him. It's like, I don't understand why they're so threatened and intimidated by him. I don't, I don't feel that he pays them, I guess like Tico, TKO, uh, Frankie. I mean, like they get their main support. It seems like from him, although Frankie in this story, I don't know how close it was because it, he could have started his own since he grew his herbs. Right. Or at least his dad did. So Lonnie, tell, explain a little bit more of like why you gave this a point two five, <laughs> our lowest score so lowest far. Lowest score ever. Not so, even a single point. So in 2001, there was a movie came out called Bully. It was also a based on true story movie. Really exactly the same premise with a bunch of basically unknown cast. Like the only person who really did something to come out of that was Bijou Phillips. Everybody else out of that had a little minor successes, but basically Bijou Phillips was the only one who had a name after that. And the only reason she really had a name after that is because she did a Playboy spread. And that movie Bijou. 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 And that movie was darker. Like it still had that same childish dialogue, I'll say, and not childish in the terms of like immature dialogue. Not elementary, just but just like yeah. how kids would talk, how teachers pushing would talk, the edge just to push the edge, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yet the story was more gripping to me. So when I watched this movie, my mind was more transported to them, the movie Bully, and that's what I expected. I expected those same twists and turns. So when I got this, and I can't even say a subpar movie, didn't Bully. Didn't the kid kill himself? No, they were killed by the cops in that one. Oh. See, and I've never the seen Bully, so I well. can't even... In Alpha Dogs, the actors who are getting their start... And the good thing about this movie, I will say, is it did give a lot of actors that mainstream appeal. Because if you think about Amanda Seinfeld's... Uh, Say- Seinfreds or whatever. Seinfreds. This was only her fourth movie, her fourth main movie, and this was probably her biggest role up to date. Same thing with Olivia Wilde. It was her third movie, fourth movie, and it was her biggest movie to date. Same thing with Amanda Heard. It oh, was, it was her it. her fifth movie, but her biggest movie to date. She was spo- well. I don't know about to oh from the time yeah from yeah. when the movie came yeah. out yeah. So it- with her, I can't see her the same. Like she was trying to be all sexy and seductive in the pool, and it's like. All I can see is a piece of shit in a bed. <laughs> like, I, can't, I can't see you the same. I just think of the shit you left in a Johnny Depp's bed. Right. So, I mean, like, for people like that, like, it got their start. So you don't really expect them to be great actors and actresses. So you don't have expect them to have that great delivery. But when you think think of the people like Sharon Stone, Bruce Willis, Emile Hirsch, like, people who are well-known actors – and the ones who aren't phoning it in are such overacting. I just, it took me out of the moment. And then, like, for Emile Hirsch, when he was acting, he just seemed so blasé and so, like, non-committed to his role. And I know it might have been his character, but he was just so, I don't give a shit. Even when he was on the run, he was just like, meh. And, like, the sex scene he was in at the end... He was, it was just like 
not showing interest in a sex scene, I get it. Like, that's the role. There was no difference between his not paying attention to a sex scene and him being completely riled up because of the, the fact of having to kill somebody. There was no difference. Like, he had you, he had one gear, and that was his gear. I mean, I attribute that, that sex scene or, or would-be sex scene to because <laughs> he was dealing with a lot of the stress, and it kind of gives him a little bit of I was impotence. Just, I was just using those for examples. Like, that was his demeanor in the whole entire movie. So you're saying his sex scene... Would have great acting, <laughs> but it was the same acting for everything else. I, I was just using those as examples. Uh, it was the same. No, I, I get it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I but will... Justin Timberlake's acting as well. Like, it's early in their careers. Yes, they're amazing actors now. All those people are great actors, but they, it was early in their careers. They haven't developed yet. So, I don't, yeah, I don't necessarily know what you were expecting of them. Like, for me, I kind of like fall in line with Jeremy. Like, I thought they were on par for kids who are entitled you know living in the the suburb in california lifestyle like it seemed kind of on par like they're trying to mainly placate to each other trying to oh that's why i saw it yeah i mean i feel like like i said i think everything was real with that it felt real it didn't feel like a a a movie i mean emile hirsch was hit or miss i i will i will give you that but i think that's also part of the character and i i know i was watching in preparation for this there was a youtube video where justin timberlake and emil hirsch interview each other and it's called unscripted and uh emil was saying about like the very first scene they shot was when they're in the bedroom when uh, emil brings up the point to justin timberlake's character is like if i gave you twenty five hundred dollars to kill the kid would you do it or whatever and he said that was the first thing and he there was a part where the cameras and everything was there and it's like he just was looking at the cameras and stuff and the crew and Justin Timberlake's like passing him the joint and he's just he I think this was like his first like real big role. Right. It was real to him at that time. Like yeah, when you're under the pressure trying to get in that mind frame, that actor's mind frame. I thought something like that, like it it, I didn't notice it because I was already my heartstrings were on the kids still. Mm -hmm. It's like and they they might have overplayed a lot of the 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 almost home free type of thing. Like you're almost there. You're almost there. Yeah. And and I think it you get so far so they can you know build your hopes up and then tear them down. One thing I will and I, I feel like this is like kind of bringing all the negatives. The girls, uh, how they there's like oh you're you you were kidnapped or whatever and it's like that turned them on and. Oh, he's like this 15 year old boy and he's having a threesome and stuff like that. I'm like, eh, I don't feel like that would really happen. Like, I feel like it, that was kind of, it didn't really happen. Well, no, I'm just, <laughs> saying, I'm just saying like, that's one part of the movie where I didn't feel like that would really happen. Right? Yeah. And, no, I mean like in the actual story, like it didn't happen. Right. To, to no, Nick. I, yeah. I know that, but that's why I'm saying like, I don't, I, they could have probably left that. So, like it could have just been him and that one girl. I think he was just trying to fulfill a certain like life achievement. Like, wow. Like his life is totally contrasted from what it used to be having homework parties and stuff with his mom and always having to check in and be goody goody. Now he's living the life that he, he admires his brother and he wants to be like his brother and he's hanging out with his brother's friends or used to be friends because he just kind of made enemies and they're actually treating him how he kind of would like to be treated. And he's one of the boys and yeah, I'm interested. So you, you weren't a huge fan of, Emil Hirsch and Justin Timberlake's acting, but Ben Foster, don't you have to give him some props? That guy 
played he, the role of act, a tweaker he, and a fucking psycho. Uh, he pretty. acted his ass off. I will give him that. Um, the part he, where Sharon Stone slaps the shit out of him and just like, like that look on his face. She's as grabbing he's, her. He's, he's gra- chin, she's his grabbing jaw. his face. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think he was one of the, the saving factors in this movie for me. Um, Except for the Chinese connection scene. <laughs> <laughs> there, was a, there was a lot of different layers to his character. Yeah, he was one of the... Uh, he was really the only character in this movie that had redeeming factors and that Especially was what, his shit face and that, there was a lot of people in that movie that they were just they were unlikable to me like there was a lot of people who just they didn't have worth for me in this movie and i'm not thinking of it from an outside perspective like you guys are and, and that was when we started this podcast my my role was just to watch it as someone who watches movies and enjoys movies sure. and like dive into the characters why do i like this person why do i don't like these person and a lot of the people in this movie they just they weren't likable that why would i like they're not supposed to be yeah i feel like that's the point well then like everybody in this movie i didn't i towards the end of it why would i even give a shit about anybody in this cast like when they all went to jail it was fine okay like it's like the the only person i really cared for is like like frankie did what he can he gave him so many outs like even though he was a part of it and he got, how much was it, like 10, 20 years or so? Right. Was it even a life? He got life sentence. Yeah, yeah. Life. yeah. Well, the way Justin Timberlake portrayed it, it's like, fuck, man. Like, you wanted him to at least go free. Like, he was the one of the main ones being cool with him. Right. And 911, dude, who was kind of weird because he was all part of the group out of the jump. Like, True Love didn't even know the kid until, you know, but then he's in, like, almost every scene afterwards. I will say that last scene where they walk him up absolutely to the thing. justin timberlake his acting i mean that i think is what really oh, made yeah. my, my gut that whole scene there yeah the walking up with uh with with zach crying i thought that was the best acting in the whole entire movie like that was raw emotion and that i can see it was real like you could tell that was something that they worked hard on i watched a really shitty copy of it so it really was distorted mm-hmm. but just the acting and that like with Zach's raw emotion and confusion and fear. Well, yeah. The fact that he, he trusted. Right. So like, I'm going to put tape on your wrist now. Okay. I'm going to have right. to tape you up. Okay. So like, he's like, I'm going to have to you know I would never hurt you. Yeah. yeah. And then when he, he's just like Justin Timberlake's crying when he's like, I'm going to have to tape your mouth now. Okay. And it's like, man, like, and just cause you, Put yourself in Zach's shoes. Absolutely, yeah. How fucking scared would you be? But, I mean, this guy's been cool with you this whole time, and it's like, what else is it going to be? They're taping you up. There's a fucking hole dug for you. The guy is fucking You know the guy's got got a gun. gun. He's already shoved it at you. You know what's going to happen. But he's a black belt. But but me, as a viewer, the first time I watched that, in my mind, I'm thinking, well, Justin Timberlake is going to save the day. Right. Because I knew nothing about the real story or anything like that. And a lot of times when it's based off of a true story, if I don't know the story, I'm not going to look into it because it ruins the movie for you. Right. But I'm. But when they hit him with the shovel, I'm like, oh, God. And then the guy just pumps him full of bullets. That right there, I was like, I was shocked. I was like, what the fuck? Right. A, a fucking 15-year-old was just murdered. This doesn't happen in movies. Right. And I was able, and like I said, I was watching a shitty, a shitty version of it. Apparently, you give it a point two five. I was watching a really shitty version where it actually played all, top played where it played all the way. Wait, through. what? Um, but 
it l- clearly looked CG to me. The blood looked CG. Well, that whole scene looked CG. The gunfire yeah. the, CG. Just the background. The background was even... super CG. So a, a super great emotional moment was ruined by a shitty CG moment. But it didn't take me out of the moment. That was, in my eyes, that was the best acting in the whole entire movie because it felt authentic. That was the only authentic feeling I felt in the movie. And when you guys were talking about how it felt real the way they were talking, I just didn't see it. It From someone who kind of grew up in that type of environment, not with those people, but with people very similar to those people, it struck a chord in the sense that those people do exist, but not to that extreme in my eyes. So it, it was almost too dialed up. It almost seemed a parody-esque of that people. I can almost see that, but then again, I mean, I can put actual names of people I knew to faces or to these characters. It's like, for me, it brought me back to my high school times. Right. Well, keep in mind, I went to a high school of 76 people. And none of them were drug dealers. None of them were. I went to a high school of 76 graduates a year. I went to class of 76 drug dealers. I went to a a school where we were packed sardines. There was like thousands of kids there. That's not. freaking hated it. Good social distancing. Yeah. One of the things that, like, you were kind of mentioning how, and I think a lot of people probably don't like it because of the, well, it is, like, toxic masculinity. Like, they're trying way too hard. And in these certain circles, like, guys do try to tease each other. Like, they, they test each other's limits. It's kind of like little shit tests. And it's entirely natural in most all of these circles, especially, like, the meatheads. They often question each other's physical strength. And nerds would often punch at each other's intelligence. And this isn't strictly a guy thing, but it's highly common in trade amongst most guy circles at whatever spectrum they fall. And also in like most all mammals at least. But when someone like appears lacking in certain things, kind of how like the Elvis character, like he owed Johnny true love some money and he was trying to repay all his debts, but he was the one that everybody was kind of making fun of. And they get made fun of or they get shamed. And usually in these little circles, they test to see if you have what it takes. And if you don't, you risk being outcasted. So normally you would kind of like join a new circle or try to test what you got, see what, see if you can overcome these little struggles. Uh, I guess it's kind of in a way of like testing your, your mental fortitude. If you do rise to the occasion, you, you receive that respect. And that's what Elvis was trying to receive. But I think he... The way that they were treated, not necessarily the way they were treating him, but the way he was approaching certain things, he went corrupt fast. He was the only one who was kind of more geared towards what he was seeing in these music videos. He was like, he wanted that gangster life. And these other kids, they were just trying to make a little bit of money and, and live a life. Yeah, Elvis, there, there's kids like that. There's people who take it so far. That oh, it's, absolutely. They just want to be hood rats. Yeah. yeah. And it's more for, if anything, status. And... Oh, it's just a false, it's an illusion. False bravado, yeah. yeah. I kind of like at the end, I mean, because Elvis is the one that's getting made fun of pretty much the whole movie. He's the one that pulls the trigger at yeah. the end. And then I like when they're showing him in that state of panic. Yeah. When the police. The shit got real. Like, you can't like, hold, you know. Yeah, like like this, that's to me, for the viewer, it's kind of like a, a sense of, I don't know, like, like you're, the payoff, like, all right, this guy's getting what what he gets, and especially when the cops like get the fuck on the ground, I'm gonna blow your fucking head off. It's like, yes, you should just blow this guy's yeah, fucking head off. Just kill it. a fifteen year old, shoot him in the legs. But, um, you know, look, looking at this movie from like a writer director standpoint, there's really not much to it because 
cinematography isn't spectacular. It's it's a regular movie to me. And I mean, he's going based off of events that kind of happen and stuff. Uh, and again, that's not faulting. I think it's a great, great movie. But I really was trying to pick some things up that would just be like extraordinary from a, a filmmaker's point of view. But there really isn't anything there. I think the story itself, the movie itself is just, I think, good all around. I'm sorry. I mean, no, I know, no, I know, no, oh, you, no. you don't like it. But we, and, we, and the thing is, I, I was going to ask you, do you think if you had not seen that movie Bully, would you have thought differently of this movie? Not really, because to be 100% honest, I really didn't even like Bully. I just don't really care much for this genre of movie. Okay. I don't like dramas, and I don't really like action movies, so piling them together is really not my bag. Okay. Oh, I'm just... Is it... I'm shocked. I thought I thought you would have liked this movie more than Justin would have. Yeah, I'm the, just not... Is it the genre, or is it the the content? I don't I don't even know. I was going to watch this a second time. I ran out of time to watch it a second time because I kind of put it off to the last minute. It had just been so hectic with trying to buy a house and moving and everything. I just... I ran out of time. I didn't get my time, the appropriate time to watch it and digest it. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. Movies like this, I just, I have difficulty processing just due to the fact it's, like I said, I try to put myself in the moment, put myself in the movie, and I despise this lifestyle so much. Same. It takes me out of that movie and out of that element, and I just, I hate it. And then I find things to nitpick about it, and I, then I just instantly – it just spirals down into reasons why I don't like it. I guess to to write off of that, like, yeah, this is – these are the people I would, like, judge right. back in the day. It's like, and probably even still today. It's like, man, so many options you can use things for a better – like, they're, they're not all, like, bad kids. They can apply themselves and be so much better than what they actually are. But, like, they want, again, that status of that alpha group, that alpha – rising up and it's like being sort of alpha i understand like it's a it's a great tool for intimidation and that's pretty much all it is right and they use that but like when they for this movie itself i think a lot of viewers probably did get turned off with uh the constant homophobic gay jokes and stuff but in these sorts of circles i mean like everybody makes jokes depending on the extent of it, like, I mean, we, we joked with each other often, but we, we don't fall under this sort of like alpha group. I mean, absolutely not. If anyone's ever met me, <laughs> but like when they're, when they're like asserting their masculinity and they use like all these gay jokes and stuff, it's, it's kind of like a common trope to take away somebody's masculinity. And that's kind of what they were trying to do with Elvis. Right. But yeah, it's, I it's mean, a, the, the opening scene alone. They're yeah. all they're working out. All of them are working out with the their nice, one, tight, young bodies. Glistening. Yeah, and the only one that really wasn't working out was Elvis. And then he, when he, he did, they picked him apart and started making fun of him. Like you know, yeah. walking if you clean up the dog shit, if you get done with it, doesn't they tell him like throw it out there again and pick it up again? Yeah. But you know, with them just constantly calling him out on like the gayness or whatnot, it's like it was a good tool to pull his masculinity away but especially for with people who are homophobic or insecure about their sexuality but if you notice <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of funny that they're messing with him about that like but when jake came to the house to try to collect and held johnny under the water and <laughs> elvis comes out and like he he tries to separate well, he does what he can but once they are finally separated <laughs> elvis puts his hand on like johnny's you know nipples <laughs> or nipple 
You know, and he's like, it's not even worth it or whatever he said. Just holds him back. <laughs> the way he does it, it's just like <laughs> underpalmed. So a thing I noticed about this movie, and it kind of made me giggle a little bit. Obviously, the name Mazursky is a name of my people. <laughs> it's, Did, a, it's kike. <laughs> Did you notice that Jake had an SS tattoo on the back of his yeah. neck? I saw that. What kind of Jew has an SS tattoo on him? That's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> Not a very good one. Well, I was going to say, you know, sometimes I, I watch a lot of, like, um, mistakes in movies. And when Ben Foster's character, Jake, goes to that party and starts beating up people, men, right. women, and stuff That's like that. That's the one I picked apart. Oh, yeah. dude, that, he, he, he gets, jacked the fuck out of that one, he, Jake. He gets, he gets a bottle, a glass bottle, shattered over his head, and he's bleeding profusely. And then all of a sudden, after he's done fighting everyone, he's standing there. His head, no blood, nothing. And he's like, tell him Jake Wazarski was here. And it's like, how do you miss a fucking, like, that's a big mistake right there. Yeah. He had this blood running down his fuck, the back of his head. And now all of a sudden it's not there. It's like what, what I was mentioning earlier is like, that was pretty much straight out of Chinese connection. Bruce Lee comes into the dojo and just speeds up all the Japanese people in their own dojo. <laughs> I'm like, wow, you just made like a, a performance out of it. But it was pretty hard. It was, was, it like, was. And I give him skill. Cause I didn't know he had that in him. And yeah, the only, the only thing why that came up was like in the beginning, like the home movies thing, yeah. you see the trophies and you see them in a gi. Yeah. Like that's the only yeah. time that, that yeah. makes reference to this karate. That's crazy kind they of. started filming the movie that long ago when they were kids. <laughs> <laughs> no, kind of, I mean, that also plays to, because Jake knows that. I mean, obviously, Zach knows a little bit of something, too. They're, they grew up together. And he does. He beats the shit out of Justin Timberlake in the bathroom. <laughs> well, I don't know if you want to say shit. He pushes well, him down yeah, a few I know, times. But. but, yeah, no, the, the fight scene, the chick who kind of approaches him first, approaches Jake first, like, she has to walk to him, but... From where they are having that conversation, she is only arms width away, and then it shows her like approach him so he can deck her, and then all these other people are taking their turn, you know, one That's by one. Every movie, yeah, yeah. You know? and, and he just like you know, dragon him. seeks path, dragon whips tail. Like, he's <laughs> going at it. I don't know if you guys noticed this, and I did, and it made me really happy. Angela's dad, who's at the house waiting for them when they get back, the fucking random Alan Thick cameo yeah yeah he's in there yeah for like all of three like, or four seconds and he probably made a lot of money yeah just to alan, do that. alan fucking thick and his his random i ass forgot about that cameo there was up. angela at the 44 minute mark when jake comes into the house to see what's all going on and you know people are there trying to figure out where where zach is you can hear i believe it's the mom in the background say something like you know he's lying dead in a ditch and it kind of I thought it was like prefacing the end, but it's a faint voice you can hear. Huh. I didn't pick up on that. Of course you would. (laughs) It's Um, right there. When uh, Sharon Stone is giving her little interview at the end. That was some of the worst makeup, I think. Oh, my God. And that was the worst overacting I think I've ever seen in my life. I've seen worse. Well, it's <laughs> and, and, you know, I watched it, and I rewound, and I watched it again, and I think it was just because of the prosthetic pieces why she had oh, yeah. to overact. Oh, yeah. She was hanging on her chest there. Right. <laughs> her she was having to, yeah. And the coloration to, of it. Yeah. She was having to emphasize her face movement so much to make it move. That's why I think she was having to overact so much. Like, man, 
But at the same time, I feel, again, going back to the realism of that, a mother that had their young child taken away from them like that, you know, most people don't get that closure when their kid goes missing and stuff like that. Right. they, They figure they're dead, but they don't know for sure that they're dead or how they died. And it's like, so I think a mom that was that protective and loved their child that much to find out that their youngest who was on the right path was murdered that way because of their old, like, I feel like you would have a breakdown. She did snap. No, 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 no. I'm not talking about what she was saying. What she was saying was fine. That was, but I think like the way that she, like, I think that it's uncontrollable. I think somebody would, could be like that. Now I'm not taking away what you're saying. I think that part of that is true, but I, I I don't think she was that far exaggerating. I think when a lot of critics are, you know, they watch something and they, I I also kind of question if I'm thinking something is overacting, but it's like, that's probably how somebody probably would react depending on the situation, circumstances. And I'm wondering if that was filmed before or after the rest of the movie. Like, I feel like that stuff would have been filmed first. Yeah. And if that was the case, they should have probably filmed that stuff last to get her more into the the mood. But to me, I feel like that stuff was filmed first because they wanted to get probably Sharon Stone and Bruce Willis. They were two of the biggest names attached to this movie they probably had them for a short amount of time and they wanted to get their stuff done as quick as possible. But yeah, no, that makeup was fucking horrendous. It, yeah. Yeah, they definitely didn't use a makeup budget for I that. I think movie. they just asked Austin Power Gold members, like, do you have your <laughs> fat bastard uh, <laughs> prosthetics that we can use? Gold. Sure. Yeah. Going back to the original or the beginning of the kidnapping when Zach was. Like, he was so obedient. Like, he was trying to help his brother out. Mm-hmm. And I thought it like, it was noble of him, but he wasn't known enough or, or in the know, I should say, of how these people would, would act. Because for him, it, it's a different sort of attention that he's kind of, I don't know if you're honestly basking in, but he's exploring. And he had so many outs. And Justin Timberlake tried so hard to just get, get rid of him. Not necessarily get rid of him, but, like, help him. Like, yeah. I could put you on a bus. You know, yeah. you put $50 in your pocket and you could go. Like, he went into the liquor store and Zach just waited right outside like a little lost puppy. It's like, your parents are, li- are looking for you. I know you're trying to save your brother, but you see nothing wrong with the situation. And, and he was getting in cool with pretty much everybody. And the only person who had, like, a huge problem with it was, what's her name? Bur- the girl that played uh, Jamie in Face Off. Sure. Oh, okay. <laughs> Angela. Angela? Yeah. And she was the one who was like, you know, you're fucking kidnapped. And it's like, she tried to go to her mom, but her mom just kind of shoot her away. Like this one night I try to, you know, fuck your dad. And, you know, you can't even give this to me. It's like when the kid is actually having a problem and the parent is not there for them, that's, that's the issue. That was yeah. pretty much the, the theme of the movie. I was going to ask you, Justin, talking about that scene with um, Justin Timberlake, when he's just like, if I give you 50 bucks and just, have you go on that bus right there and go home or whatever. And then he's just like, well, no, I don't want to get my brother in trouble. What do you think? And I'm not thinking from a movie standpoint, I'm talking like real life. What do you think would have happened if, if Zach actually went on the bus and left? Do you feel that I don't they think you went after him some more? I don't or? think they would have went after him. I think they wouldn't have been safe because they know how Jake is. Jake would not have stopped, but they didn't have any leverage. Do you think that Justin Timberlake would have been murdered? I don't think for he wasn't or, a target. Be, no, I'm talking like from um, from just letting him go. 
Yeah. No, Frankie was was Johnny's boy. He was like his his main his right hand. And I'm pretty sure as charismatic as Frankie was, because there was a few like uh, I don't know if I want to say slip ups, but he can spin a you know spin some words. He's a really good <laughs> lyricist. <Yeah. laughs> well, what I found interesting, and this is kind of based off of true parts of the story, the amount of witnesses. Yeah. And I nobody loved, said shit. I love that they did that, but I think they're nobody said shit until it was too late. Yeah, like that that lady that saw him get beat up and abducted in yeah. the van thought they the were two just, people. Yeah, thought the they first were just two kids just messing around. It's like well, I don't know how many kid, kids that kid would mess around that much. I mean, you back in the day would do stuff like that, Justin. But I did. Just like, I know, well, I'm we, sure you did. We used to kidnap our friends all the time. Like Make I sure had, they got just, home. Safe. I had a white Aerostar van, and we used to. Fucking see our friends walking down the street, throw open the side of the van, and fucking just tackle them and throw them in all the time. But even so, like me as an adult, and I use that term loosely, <laughs> um, if I saw something like that happen, I wouldn't just like brush it to the side. Whether it was fake or not, I'd be one of those people that would stop. Or I would call the police about it and say, hey, you might want to check up on this. But I mean, I just think. How how different of an outcome would it have been in the real life story if these right. people actually acted on it? Right? Yeah. Most of the people who knew about it, because they, like the house party, all the friends and people coming to get high with, and like they knew it, but they didn't sense there was a danger because, again, like maybe how the way that Frankie was to the kid and their kids. Still. Yeah, I mean they're they're still. You don't know how serious to take certain things too, because I mean kids do overindulge in certain things or, or want to make things more than what it actually is for attention and again like the only person who was growing up enough was the Jen whatever her Angela Angela thank you you'll have to tell me that again I uh she was always the actress she was in face off with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta I think you mentioned that Nick I want to take his face Nick <laughs> Cassavetes was in that movie too he was an actor he wasn't the director or anything but he must have had a a thing for her to get her to be in this movie. And I don't blame him because she's very attractive. And Zach, the kid, Zach's first time was with two girls. <laughs> yeah. And I think I mean, that kind of ruins your sex life because being a... Can't get any better than that. Yeah, being a, a young, still, your brain is still molding to certain things and that's your first experience. Now you have to pretty much grade everything off of that. <laughs> well, I can't think of the actor's name. He was the one... At the end of the movie, that um, went with them, but had to go back to the car, right? Because he was crying. Keith, yes. I don't know about his character. I I, I knew I, a guy just like him. Like he was uh, a person who I definitely could put a name to. But I just I I feel like he was kind of a useless character. Like he, he could have been if that if he wasn't in the movie, that movie wouldn't have been any different. I couldn't and, tell his relationship. Like, I, was he brother of one of the girls I or something like that? Angela's brother, yeah, I, I think. I think he was just, he was one of Frankie's friends. Yeah, he wasn't Angela's brother because he was so concerned about Angela's mom getting it on. It's like, are you going to suck his dick? Oh, well, that's true. Why would you want to know what your <laughs> dad is? <laughs> <laughs> if, you know, one of the only other movies I've ever seen him in was uh, Fre Freddy vs. Jason. Really? Yeah, and him playing the exact opposite kind of role. Like he was just this straight laced he honor was. student. Yeah. So see him in a role where he's like the pothead friend. It was kinda like, Wow, 
Okay. The only other movie I remember seeing him in was another one with Emile Hirsch, The Girl Next Door, with uh, okay. Alicia Cuthbert. He played, I, which is weird because he looks like he got younger from that movie because that was filmed before Alpha I Dog. Think 05, 04, 05, yeah, something like that. But Emile Hirsch looks like he, he actually grew up and stuff. So I thought that was kind of weird that, you know, the one looks like he's getting younger and the other one looks like he's getting older, but. God dang it, kick that thing on the floor. <laughs> so we're going to have some uh, talking in the background here. It's a, it's Lonnie's toy. Um, I really liked the opening, the Summer of the Over the Rainbow yeah. opening. I thought it was very beautiful, especially showing the young lives of the actual actors. It's going to play again. <laughs> but yeah, the young lives of the actual actors, and, and it, it does cement something for you because you see these faces, these little boys in these a little bit more grown faces. It's like, man, you were. This was just you at the beginning of the movie, and well, yeah, it's definitely it, it kind of tugs on your heartstrings a little bit because knowing the outcome of the movie, it's just like how innocent they were and how naive, naive. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they they had their whole lives ahead of them, and they it looks like they were making good choices. And well, I wouldn't say good, but well, I mean, not so bad. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they. But that's actually. Kind of an idea I always had for a movie, too, where I'd get the cast and I, I was going to have them send me a bunch of their home videos from when they were kids. And I was going to kind of base their characters off of whatever they had sent me. But yeah. I can't do it now. I think this movie is a lot about like the transitioning of life, you know, kind of not necessarily uh, from child to man. In so many words, yes. And I really liked the opening. And that's why I was saying like this movie got lost on like the opening part. It started off with, and this will also be my, what I would change to, but like it's, it started off in, as a documentary style and it didn't touch back to that to the very end. It pulled me out a little bit. I, mean, I think it worked, but it didn't work. It could have returned back to that for certain close up tight ends, but just stringing it from, from beginning to end was okay. But Sonny, true love, he said something about, you want to know what this whole thing is about? You could say it's about drugs and guns or disaffected youth or whatever, whatever you like. But this whole thing is about parenting. And that's what I agree with. It's like the kids, when they seeked out their parents, the only one who was there was Sonny, although he wasn't a upstanding parent. I mean, right. he loved his kid. He, he gave him that tough love. It was a bit of a like toxicity. But in the other only parent loved her kid and she smothered her kid enough to where he wanted to get away. But I think having the support wasn't there. Like Jake, he had a habit and he couldn't necessarily rely on his dad and his dad didn't necessarily know what to do with it. The situation. It's like he was trying to give him money to help him, but it's only hindering him. But then he realizes that it's not going to help in the long run. Um, they weren't necessarily making good choices. Well, the thing is, it was like he only needed $800 yeah. or something. And it's like, obviously, from where they're living and his dad and whatnot, $800 is oh, nothing to him. Yeah, in Southern California, that's like a drop in the bucket. I was also kind of confused about the overall, because at the very end, Sharon Stone says a few numbers. Yeah. But 12, earlier. 1200 bucks is yeah. what got him killed. Yeah. Even so. Yeah. yeah. And so Jake only owed 1200 but he was willing to kill Zach for 2500 It's like you're going to kill the kid for more than what is owed, more than doubled what's owed. Well, I think it just got to the scenario Well, it, it was way over all of their heads. Yeah, yeah. And they just – it's better to have someone else pick up the yeah, pieces yeah. than deal with it. 
And I think that's also one of Elvis's downfalls as well. Is like he was thinking that he was being brought up in the gang, and yeah. he was actually the fall guy. He was supposed Absolutely. to be the one who t- who take the blame for everything if everything went awry. That's, that's loyalty to a fault. Yeah. And it seemed like Johnny was trying to make it, you know, by, by not telling him what, where the kid is, you know, not telling the, the, the family lawyer and his dad and his grandfather and stuff. It's if only he would have just said something outright when his dad was trying to harsh on him, like, where the fuck is the kid? Like, you know, call it off, call it off. He freaked, he froze. He being that alpha leader position, he was by no means deserving of it. He only was there by rights of utility. Well, that, that's all I said. My one of my biggest things about it was that character. Like, I just it wasn't believable to me that these many people would be loyal to him and whatnot. But you know how you had that friend who lived on the corner who had all the cool systems, but you didn't like him, so you just went over there to play his video games, and that was me. Uh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's I, that guy just with drugs. <laughs> but uh, so, Lonnie, I'm gonna kick this off with you. Oh. I do want to mention one what the more. hell is that? One more, <laughs> oh, one more. You're opening thing. up a pop. I thought it was really cool and kind of the lyrics doesn't work. Eminem's song at the very end says "Say goodbye, say goodbye to Hollywood." Say, yeah, and I was thinking, does it reference Jesse James Hollywood? Because it's saying goodbye to Johnny True Love, who is the Jesse James Hollywood character, the actual guy who ordered yeah. this whole thing. The only thing that song did was was stuck in my head the rest of the night after that. <laughs> like, say goodbye, say goodbye to Hollywood. And it's um, going to be stuck tonight. <laughs> yep. Lonnie, kick it off with you. You gave it such a low rating. What would you have done differently? Ah, man. You said men. Men. <laughs> Replace all the women with men. Replace the men with hotter men. No, I I don't even know where to begin. I think this movie was either made five years too late or ten years too early. I think in that time, in 2006... The world wasn't ready for this movie. I don't think anybody really knew anything about that. The 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 true events. It was still happening yeah. because I think they got the certain rights were shut down because one of the line directors or somebody was attached or I don't know if I want to say attached, but he had access to Jesse James Hollywood, so he was getting part of the story but he wasn't feeding the entire thing well that was so it was on hold jesse james hollywood wanted to have an appeal in the court because he felt like he wasn't going to get a fair trial because this movie had come out right before his sentence and he just felt like everybody from seeing this movie automatically was going to say that he was guilty and i kind of yeah, oh yeah for that. sure and i think just, the dude's a piece of shit just because of how you know Hirsch played it. So. Yeah, right. well, and I mean, you look at the guys, the real Jesse James Hollywood, his pictures, and you just want to punch him. He he's just got looks a punchable like a, face. Like, it looks like <laughs> a dick, but it's like, I kind of understand where he's getting at. Like, you're not getting a fair trial yeah. because of this movie. Right. He's a 15-year-old kid, and, and definitely how Anton Yelchin played it. And every time I saw that dude, like, after this movie... I just felt so bad for him. Like, seeing him in the Star Trek, I'm like, oh. Well, and then, but then he died. Yeah, then he gets right. crushed by his vehicle yeah. at home. Yeah, so I think it was unfortunately made at the wrong time. I think it could have been made a lot later. I think it would have had more of an impact. I think some of the acting choices were poor. I think they could have kept the dialogue the same and maybe just acted a little differently. I think the cast was great. I just I questioned some of the directorial choices. At the very end, they did kind of drag out a bit of Zach's 
I'm going to go home and, and change things. I'm going to, you know, I, I do love my mom and I'm going to do things differently. Like usually when a character in a movie is talking about all the good things they're going to do in their future, it's like, fuck, you're dead. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, Could have seen more Amber Heard boobs. Oh, I just see shit. <laughs> see Olivia Wilde's for a while. Oh, yeah. When do you see hers? At the very end. Is it? The sex scene at the end. Where the you, lack of sex oh, scene. Oh, well, yeah. I like how he's like, suck my dick. She's like, uh, I tried that and it didn't work. <laughs> uh, that's the thing, too, about Emil Hirsch. It's like. His ass. Yeah, I know. Well, <laughs> he. he a quarter off Alicia shit. Cuthbert is like on my list of favorite hottest female actresses out there. And he gets to make out and do all this stuff with her and the girl next door. And Olivia Wilde's. She's not on the top of my list, but she's on my list, and it's like he gets to do stuff with her, and it's like this kid, like he he looks like the everyday guy, and it's like, and he's not a tremendous actor, but it's like, wow, he's definitely, um, he looks like to me like he could be Jack Black's brother. I yeah, I can see that. I can see that. There's a the chick <laughs> that they were telling to dance. I think Justin Timberlake's like, you know, dance, bitch. She was credited as, as dance, da- bitch, dance, girl. bitch, girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. See, that's that's the fun thing about when you make a movie and you have a bunch of extras in it. You, as the director, get to name these people that don't have character names. All right, so Lonnie, that's what he would change. Anything you would change? I would, and, and oh, sorry, he's got I would, more. I would put in more Bernadette Perez, and I'm sure neither of you really know anything about Bernadette Perez. She's credited as Bar Girl. Bernadette Perez is one of the queens of B movies. She's acted in over a hundred B movies. No, she was the one that was uh, Jake's girlfriend, right? No, she was just in a bar. Oh, yeah. she was also the bartender. Okay, I thought you said bartender. No, 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 bar just waitress, or bar girl, girl, and bar. Okay, but some of the movies she's been in, she was in Slaw, the Saw parody, but they killed people with coleslaw. Look her up. She was in uh, Witchcraft fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. Remember her? Yeah, that's her. She's. she's I don't remember her at all. She is fantastic. She's the modern day scream queen of bad <laughs> B movies. I think one of my favorites. She's in Cuck. She's prostitute number two. She's in Grip. She's Mill Friend, like Milf, but yes. Friend. Yeah. Psycho Sally, Spring Bake 83. She's fantastic. I love her to death. So seeing her in this movie made me happy. I got the point twenty. What was the other five? Uh, <laughs> no, she she got the point oh five because she was an uncredited extra, but the point twenty was the Justin Timberlake cry, the Justin Timberlake and cry me a river and Zach <laughs> acting at the end in their green hollow domed. That was that that scene. cry. You're like, I missed that cry from that music video. What was that one where they're all in a insane asylum? Insane. Never mind. Yeah, I know you're talking about in sync, but I don't know. If- Music videos as well as you do, apparently. I watched a lot of pop-up video in my day. I'm sure you did. My favorite part of this movie. (laughs) They're like, why'd you take the tape off? And the guy's like, the 911, he's like, because he said he couldn't breathe. (laughs) (laughs) He's just sitting there smoking pot. That's how you knew they were terrible kidnappers, when he's just sitting smoking pot playing video games with them. I like the scene when Elvis comes back and he gets tough all of a sudden. Yeah. And then he's just he like, up for, he's like I don't know where. who's sucking whose dick now? It's like, damn. Like, yeah. that's when I really was like, okay, this guy means business. Right. It's like when it comes down to it, like, 
I think that's just because he's been shit on way too long. And and I think that he was sober. Like, I think there was so much going on that he wasn't drinking to it. Like, he was just trying to get back on good graces. Yeah. And, and so. he had a mission, and that's what he was... He was trying to earn his respect. He was trying to earn his spot. He was trying to rise, and yeah, he went the wrong route. Again, he didn't see that he was the guy who was supposed to take the blame for everything. Well, and like, do you really think that their punishment would have been as bad as they're making it sound like just for kidnapping somebody do you think you're going to get because they're saying we're going to get life and i don't really think that that's doubtful uh, not in california I, I mean like i feel like i think frankie's lawyer was kind of embellishing things because he's like all right you get put away for life and it's just like i, I don't think he really would like i don't i don't know for don't, the for the minimal hypotheticals that they were preaching not only that but i think johnny misread everything because he said like well what, what would hypothetically, what would you do if whatever? And he hung up the call after the guy was like, well, I would dig a hole. And, and I don't think he was meaning, you know, to kill the kid. He's like, pretty much like dig a hole. Cause that's for yourself. Before we go on any further, we just, we need to acknowledge how great of a friend Chucky is when they all go over to Chucky's house. And he's like, who are these guys? Yeah. And he's oh. like, we need to go to the room. He's like, all right, it's my room. It's in the back. And then he's like, what are you guys doing in my room? And they point a gun at him. He's like, fuck you guys. I'm going to the festival. Yeah. You better be gone. You better be gone when I get back from the festival. Come on, lumpy. I just, and that random guy that like is in the bath towel and the, the hair towel that just well, got out of the shower. It's like, like gay, 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 gay lumpy Jaeger. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he took it well with stride. I mean, like he yeah. was a grown ass man. Got but a gun pointed at him. He like, wasn't even fine, afraid. Whatever. Yeah. I'm going to it's the like, festival. You better not be here when I come back. The, the one thing about, cause after watch, I watched this movie with Michael cause he had never seen it. After we watched it, he was talking about the um, Sean Hattesey guy that played Elvis. He's like, the whole time, he's like, where have I seen? I just saw this guy in something recently. It's in Dexter. Well, there's a show that came out in 2016 called Animal Planet that's about drug dealers and stuff. And Michael's like, he plays a psycho. So we watched a couple episodes after that of that show, and it actually is pretty good. But the one thing about that show and this movie is that if you are involved with drug dealing and you're a guy... Apparently, it's really easy to get threesomes because there's like always these guys are always passed out sleeping with two naked chicks next to them. I mean, same with the Animal Planet movie. So, I mean, I guess kids, if that's what you want to, to aspire to be, be the best I'm, you. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. <laughs> well, if any anybody wants to buy Gabapentin for seizures, I got it. <laughs> okay. I was like, what are you talking about? All right, Justin, we're going to be wrapping things up here. Uh, anything you would change? Just the primarily like the documentary style, possibly the like Sharon Stone's overacting at the end. Again, I don't know if that was character choice. If she saw something from the actual mom, uh, I didn't actually see the actual dad either. But I heard there was like issues with the Bruce Willis's like you know sunspots and stuff. I'm like, but I guess it looks just like the you know it's a true resemblance. But yeah, if they just kind of maybe close certain tight ends why as the movie took its turns especially with returning back to the documentary style i can see that because just starting it off with like the the young actors and like the home videos documentary like it loses all that and then inserts a movie and then closes with it it works but it's i feel like it's missing something i could see that you know and the one thing about this when i was doing prep for this is there's not many interviews out there with with a lot of the cast and stuff about this movie 
I like to watch watch like Q and A panels places, but there's not much out there. The, the only thing I really found was that thing with Emil Hirsch and Justin Timberlake, the unscripted thing where they're interviewing each other. Right. I wonder if there's legalities behind that <laughs> because of know. at there, the time of release. There could be, but there. I mean, there was a couple interviews mm. out there with the director Nick, and I mean, but the thing is, the people that were doing the interviews were very amateur and they sucked at it so they weren't even asking really good questions so that could be a possibility because i think there's a lot of answers to some of the questions we have that could have been answered with these interviews with the cast and as for me i mean there's not much that i would change i would probably say there could have been a better for frankie i think they could have cast somebody probably better than emil hirsch for that part um because i mean looking at the actual Jesse James Hollywood, I don't know. I don't see many similarities. Like he at least kind of looked the real Jesse James Hollywood. He looked more buff and like intimidating. intimidating. Um, whereas Emil Hirsch, not so much, but that's probably about one of the only things I would change. But yeah, really, this is the dude he was trying to look like. Oh yeah. You're looking him up. <laughs> one, this guy looks like an Uber douchebag. Crew, that is correct. He is. Yeah he, yeah, he looks nothing like him at all. This dude looks like an Abercrombie model who has got hit with a fucking frying pan to the forehead. Well, I mean, to be fair, too, if you look at Nick and Ben, was it? The actual people that were, yeah, Ben, Markowitz, and Nick, they look nothing like um, Anton and Ben <laughs> Foster. I'm just saying that the real Jesse James Hollywood, he looks intimidating. This Emil... No offense to him, but he does not. So, well, boys, that is episode five. We reviewed Alpha Dog. Uh, Lonnie, you got next next uh, episode. What what movie are we reviewing? We're gonna we're gonna watch the Stephen King classic Stand by Me. Man, starring it, Corey Feldman, River Phoenix, uh, and all them. All them, yeah. It's been a so long since I've seen that movie, so this will be fun to watch that. I love that movie. <laughs> it sounds like it. All right. Okay, well, uh, thank you for joining us. Again, we've got this podcast. We've got a regular Boundless Pod Trap co- podcast that is released every other week. Um, you can buy oh. our merch at it. Zazzle.com. <laughs> <laughs> it's not ready. No. Hopefully by then it will be. All right. Thank you again for listening. Um, We hope you enjoy it. We enjoy it. And we will see you next week for the regular Boundless Pod Trap podcast. Good night, everybody. Ciao, ciao. Oh, and in case I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This concludes our broadcast day. Click.